Hello, my old so-and-sos, and welcome to another episode of Another Film Podcast. My name is Tierney. I'm Colin. Um, I am Matt. Are you sure? <laughs> no. <laughs> you seem unconvinced. <laughs> yeah, I don't know for sure yet. I think I'm gonna okay, well, maybe we can get there by the end of this recording. We'll see. We we'll all let's hope. So. In the words of Miley Cyrus, everyone has those days. Oh no, oh no, my standing desk is taking on a life of oh. its own. <laughs> <laughs> this is top-notch podcasting right now. Yeah, <clears throat> we're professionals if nothing else, and we're nothing else. We're definitely nothing else. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, goodness. No. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Oh, it's been it's going. It's get it's been going been going well that's good we're all surviving and not thriving but surviving yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, uh this week i guess we can hop right in uh my <laughs> sweater just made a really funny noise on the glass table um just in case anyone's wondering what that was God, this is we don't need to explain every every movement no, I'm of a desk it out or because sl- it sounded like a fart i was gonna say tyranny's turning the room she's podcasting in into a fart pod <laughs> She was inspired by Obvious Child last week and was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to try that. Um, so seeing as we are not put together, something that is very put together is the movie Phantom Thread, uh, nice. which is the pick for this week's Valentine's uh, m- month movie. Yeah. Uh, this was my choice because... Hell yeah. A girl loves her gothic romances. Uh, and I usually watch this movie every Valentine's Day because, you know, it's so romantic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, so that's why I picked it. I also saw this uh, movie three times in movie theaters. And well, I, was say, I mean, we usually, so we usually talk about... <laughs> we usually talk about our, like, historical context with the movie. Oh. So this was one... I mean, well, you can definitely lead the charge if you want but this is one that we were all very very excited about this came out when we were all living together r.i.p the days of us living together and Uh, i saw it at the end of december as at like an early screening and was obsessed with it and then i would just like to point out that like you know no matter what wrong things i did in my life (laughs) i did not ruin the end of this movie for no you did anybody You truly did. And I made... You were so good. I made Matt and Colin see it with me at the music box. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you had seen it first, and then we all saw it at the music box, uh, and I just... I distinctly remember the sounds that people made at the end of the movie, <laughs> like in the final ten minutes... Which really do illuminate the rest of the movie. Uh, and I just remember everyone going like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, what? And that was uh, so much fun. And to turn to both of you and all of us were laughing and giggling and just like wide-eyed in disbelief. Uh, so, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how it started for me was that screening. And uh, I've watched it four times last year. And uh, we'll we'll watch it many more times uh, forever because I think it's a perfect movie. <laughs> uh, 
So one of my favorite things about our viewing experience, so we, we saw it at the music box. We saw it in 70 millimeter, which was beautiful as always. Um, but we invited Jack and Megan, our friends. Oh yeah. To go see it with us. <laughs> and the end of the movie is insane and we'll definitely talk about it. And it's wonderful and hilarious and all that other stuff. Uh, but like the, like the, the batshit part of the end of the movie is not the very end. So like the thing, like a thing happens and we're like, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what it does. Uh, when he says that line, kiss me, my girl before I'm sick. And you're just like, Oh shit. You're just like swoon is really what you're trying to say. Yeah. But then the movie keeps going for another like five ish minutes. And so we all like laughed and everything but then, like, once the credits start rolling, we all, like, looked at each other to be like, holy shit, that was incredible. And I looked over, and Jack and Megan had just bounced. Like, as soon yeah, as they were the not title into card it. pops up, they were gone. <laughs> I remember, like, seeing Jack at the office <laughs> on Monday, and I was like, so... He's like, yeah, I mean, it was fine. I was like, okay, well... I don't really and know. And he's not a big PTA person, I don't <laughs> right. think. Which, yeah, I, he's which I'm like, you're crazy. You're crazy. But I just thought it was uh, so funny that, like, the three of us were all just, like, so immediately in love with this movie. Tierney, you were seeing it for the second time, but Matt and I, it was our first time we were... St- was Oh, that was your third time. I forced my um, sisters and my mom to see it, too. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> my mom uh, for the, the costumes, because the costumes are really good. She loves Masterpiece Theater. And then my sisters, yeah. because I was like... This is great. And they were probably like, Tierney is unwell. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's the three great, of us all just great. like immediately loved it. And Jack and Megan just immediately got the fuck out of that theater. And we're like, we need to be home now. <laughs> I just thought that was a real perfect yeah. capper to this like wild movie. <laughs> yeah, I've heard very mixed things from a lot of people. Really? Uh, some of my housemates are not big fans, though they respected the craft of it. Um mm-hmm. And one of the funnier experiences was, like, uh, my brother, because I bought the Blu-ray that uh, last year and I, like, added it to my digital library, he ended up watching it. And while he was watching it, he texted me and was like, uh, what is this movie? Like, I don't like how he's treating her. I don't really get what the point of this is. And then I was like, because I thought he had finished it. So I was like, it's about kink. And he was like, what? And then I was like, oh, wait have you finished it yet? And he's like, no, no, I'm only like halfway through it. And I was like, okay, well then, uh, disregard what I'm saying and wait until the end. And then he got to the edit and he was like, this movie is crazy. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> uh, and he was like, but I do think I liked it. And I was like, I love it. So it's just a juicy gothic romance, just like T-Girl loves. She loves a good goth rom. Goth rom. <laughs> to be fair though, like, <clears throat> okay, when I, as you guys are aware, I have a loud laugh. Um, and when I saw it, it was like, I can't even remember what festival it was for, but it was like, like film people in the audience. And I saw it with my <laughs> friend Jim and like everything you're kind of like, oh, this is a really pretty movie. Like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in what's happening. But the scene of her at the breakfast when she first has breakfast with him. Oh my God. I was laughing so loud in the movie theater that I was, and like, my friend Jim was laughing too, and then like, maybe a couple other people, and everyone else was like, "Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I was like, dying laughing. 
because I am that person. <laughs> it's so crazy, though, that people don't get that this movie is a comedy. Like, yeah. every time I watch it, I laugh from start to finish because I think it's just, like, the best dry situational humor that, like, I've seen on screen in the most gorgeous presentation. But it's all funny and it's all looks and context and like line deliveries and what the line is and i think it's just like start to finish hilarious i love how funny it is that's something i noticed this time through is like the looks that they give each other is so much it's like most of the dialogue like yeah even just cyril like giving one look at breakfast is like am or like uh mm-hmm. at the new year's scene um was another one i noticed where she's like sl- sulking against the wall and they're just staring at each other and then he just goes and then he grabs her <laughs> arm and goes sorry oh it's a podcast you can't tell he just like <laughs> nods his head really quickly or like twitches his head to the upward position i don't know just watch the movie yeah, you're doing a great job <laughs> No, yeah. He looks like, and, like, what are you going to say about this? And Mm -hmm. she's just so stubborn. Uh, But, yeah, it's all those little looks. And even, yeah, that first breakfast scene, which, like, let's just dive into this movie because there's so much fun stuff to talk about. Um, That first breakfast scene with the other uh, girl that he's dating of when you can tell that, like, he's over this and she brings up, like, what is the thing she asks him? Like, are you bored with me or, like... Or she says something very, like, you know, like, what, have you fallen out of love with me? Or something that's very, like, confrontational. And the look that Cyril gives of, like, oh, it's about to start. Okay. <laughs> and just kind of this acknowledging of, like, okay, all right, I guess this is uh, the end of this. Well, <laughs> is so funny. I sent you guys that picture of that that scene last night. Because, like, <laughs> I just took a uh, picture. The camera just is like zoomed in on Leslie Manville's face for like an uncomfortably long time. Like it's probably only like three seconds, but it just feels like a really long time. And she just has this look on her face. Like, Oh, this girl is, is dead. Like this girl, yeah. is, this girl is a goner. Like, <laughs> like maybe, maybe oh. actually physically is going to die. Who, who can say, but like just the look in her eyes and the camera just holds on it for so long. It's so good. And so funny. And the amount of just drama, incredible stuff. The amount of drama that Leslie Manville's face alone can convey with no words over a cup of tea is I mean you could write a book about it. Yeah. Well what, the great part is that like yes, everything you're saying is correct. She can do all like she can murder you with just a look. But she also <laughs> she also like gets the lines to like back it up too. like but then she also has the one where she and reynolds are fighting and i wrote down the line she's like no you can shut right up don't pick a fight with me you certainly won't come out alive i'll go right through you and it'll be you who ends up on the floor understood and she yeah. just she she isn't like really looking at him she's just like saying it and he just happens to be near her it's just like oh my god cyril is in- intense like the yeah. closest her delivery of that too is like don't pick a fight with me cuz you won't win i'll go right through you understand you'll end up on the floor like it's just so with little chuckles it's just, too 
Yeah. It's an exhale. She's just like, ugh, like, <laughs> you idiot. How dare you even think that you are that you can come on? I'm the one who does everything for you, you little prissy like, <laughs> clothes maker. Uh, yeah, serial underrated VIP of this movie. And even with the, the later scene um, as well where she's in the office and he's like, it hurts my feelings. And she's just looking at him like... <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then I she's love the her... one who also makes him. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, you go. Oh. No, Just... I was gonna say she's also the one who makes him go to that wedding that he doesn't want to go to. Like oh, she's yeah. the one who can strong arm him to do whatever <laughs> he's supposed to do. And if you like, I mean, the reason she makes him go to the wedding is because that woman pays for their house. And if, mm-hmm, in that right. scene, she's doing the books. So she, like, runs his business, and he's just like, man, 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 man. And she's like, you will go to this wedding. (laughs) I don't care about your feelings. God, I love her so much. Um, Uh, While we're talking about Cyril, another great Cyril moment. Uh, Going back to the beginning, what do you want to do about Joanna? Yeah, long pause. I mean, she's lovely, but the time has come. Long pause. And she's getting fat sitting around waiting for you to fall in love with her. <laughs> just like, the, the lines themselves are hilarious, but the way she delivers them with those intentional pauses in there is so good. <laughs> it's, yeah. I burst out laughing alone in my apartment last night during that yes. sequence. <laughs> I also God. love the and- secret alliance that happens when... She, when uh when Alma leaves the kitchen or no it's, it's the morning she never comes down to breakfast and she's like I quite like her yeah. and it's like <laughs> an alliance is formed yeah and, and he's like oh do you and she's like yes <laughs> that and that's the other fun thing about Cyril is like she makes decisions but we don't really see the moments when she makes them it's just like she decides that <clears throat> she likes Alma when, like, all the evidence prior to that is basically, like, oh, this will just be another one of the girls that Reynolds brings home and then gets bored with and, like, gets rid of. Uh, but, like, the spunkiness is enough that Cyril is like, hmm, interesting. I kind of like this uh, this girl and what she brings to this equation. Uh, but, I mean, she also, like, defends Reynolds' habits when she's like, perhaps you could eat uh, take breakfast after him. Or... <laughs> Or, like, in your room. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it's just kind of, like, that's just what we're going to do here. Uh, and she, like, always tries to uh, maintain that power. And I think that's the thing that Alma both charms both of them with how she's able to uh, disarm them. Where even Cyril is the one who's, like, no, we're going to have a doctor come. And, like, it's very much, like, this is my house. Like, this is the house that I run. And then when <clears throat> Alma kind of takes control of things, Cyril's kind of like, interesting, okay. I think she I, likes it. I guess it. you got it in you. Oh, yeah. I think that the reason that she, like, likes Alma is because Alma calls Reynolds out on his shit. Yeah. When mm-hmm. she's like, I think he's too fussy. Like, I think, mm-hmm. and then I think, personally, I feel like that might be one of the moments. If not, uh, for sure, the time when he's sick is when she's like, Yes. Like, the first time she yeah. poisons him. 
Which that's also a great moment when both of them are saying goodbye to the doctor, yeah. and he's and he's like saying goodbye, Mrs. Woodcock, and they're both like goodbye. They're both Thank saying you for the same back. thing. It's <laughs> and Cyril's so like uncomfortable about it. Like, what are you doing? I'm the one he's talking to. Do you know what? It might actually be when she when she asks to do the dinner, and Cyril's like, "This isn't gonna work. You're fucking crazy." But I admire you for it. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that scene so much. And that's another, like, comedic gold moment, is how serious both of the actors are in, the, in that scene, but how Cyril is like, you couldn't possibly be suggesting what you're suggesting, could you? And in the way she's like, I'm sorry, a surprise for what? It's not his birthday. And she's like, no, I'm going to have, like, I'd like all the people to get out of the house so that I can make him dinner. And she's like, I don't, I don't think that would be a good idea. But it's very much like, Oh no, <laughs> Alma! What are you talking about? Uh, but her delivery of those lines—it's the same way that she takes the news of when Reynolds passes out, and they're like, mm. "Mr. Woodcock's fallen," and she's like, "I'm sorry, who's fallen?" And they're like, "Mr. Woodcock," and he got shoe polish on the dress, and she's like, "What's happened? Who's who's taken it?" But like that same—that's from his shoes and. Uh, and uh, a botics and some of the lace uh but like the way cereal is so programmed to have things go right because she's in control of them so that when information is delivered to her that is not fitting into her plan or what she understands the right thing to be she can't comprehend it and it's all just like it couldn't possibly be what you're suggesting is it <laughs> and that that acting is so good. She's so funny. Uh, God, Leslie Manville, VIP of this movie in a movie full of VIPs. It's like three VIPs, and she's definitely one of them. I also, one thing I noticed with <clears throat> Alma, because I think that she is underrated in this movie. Mm-hmm. And yes. she, I think of the three of them, is the only one that didn't get nominated, which is insane because this movie would not what? work without her. I was going to um, say, yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but yeah, it's God. ridiculous. <laughs> but all of her, in like the first half of the movie, the way that she says yes to things, there's usually a pause, and then she just goes, yes. Where it's kind of like, mm-hmm. she wants to say no, <laughs> but is like, well, fuck it. And the, <laughs> like, the, like... The only other time you she says that in the second half of the movie is when he asks her to marry her. And it's... A, and it's a long pause. A super well, long he, pause. And then she just... It's a super like, long pause and he has to, like, ask her multiple times. Like, yeah. he's like, well? Like, like what, what are we doing? Like, yes or no? <laughs> I thought that was a good, uh, like, at the very least to show the power change that happened because he was very much in power when he was pursuing her and, like, her being, like, yes like like almost hesitating and then when she is like now in his life she like pretty gradually takes the power yeah yeah um i think it's also cool to realize when she says like whatever you do do it carefully isn't saying like i'm fragile and i'll be hurt if you don't do something carefully but we learn over time that she means that there will be consequences if you're not slow to your actions and think through the, these decisions. And so like whatever you do, do it carefully is exactly <clears throat> what she does where she's careful about how much she poisons him <laughs> to like make the power dynamic go in her direction. And it's like, 
you're not be you're not slowing down enough to like recognize who I am in your life, and so like I will make you more careful <laughs> by poisoning you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, we I think we could talk. I think I, that's a nice way to I think frame it is to do to talk about Leslie Manville's Cyril, and then to talk about Vicky Creeps's uh, Alma, who I think is. She's the protagonist of the story. She's the one who starts 100%. it, and she's the one who motivates all the action. Um, and yeah, so many interesting both acting decisions and writing decisions for Alma. Um, starting with like the first time you meet her, when she like visibly blushes, yes. at being clumsy, and then is just kind of laughing at herself, like, <laughs> "Oopsie, <laughs> I ran into that table." It's I think that so... actually happened though. Like that's her actually oh, yeah, blushing. Yeah. And I'm it sure literally that's is like, true. <laughs> yeah, like, like you, all the yeah. Way like up you her can face. just, yeah. That's <laughs> I, not a makeup blush. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that the first time they see each other is so sweet because they're just like, they're both, and like the acting is so clear here where they're both just like instantly smitten with each other. Like they they haven't like spoken one word to each other, but they just like see each other, and she like just like sees him, and then kind of bumps into the table, and then she's just like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that!" And he's just like so charmed by it that like that whole it's sequence so is just very, very, very beautiful yeah. and sweet. And then when she's like getting his order, and he just keeps ordering food. <laughs> I was like, I feel so seen by this guy who's ordering like the biggest brunch ever. <laughs> like, yes. And her her little acknowledgments of every time a new item is added, and she's like, and sausages, yes, and toast, and like goes through this list, and both of them are holding back like little smirks of like, mm, can you keep up with me? Like, and that the fact that like. Yeah, I just giggle every time I watch that scene because they're both so coy about that flirtation and him being like, okay, show it to me. Can you remember this? I'm keeping it. And she's like, okay. <laughs> but it's like this little challenge that like the the whole movie is about them challenging each other, which like I think is the romantic part of it is that they both give each other what they need and most of it is the challenge to make the other one meet expectations. And, like, and both of them are kind of perfect in their own ways and are good at kind of making the other one acknowledge that in different ways. Um, and I would say they're both, yeah. like, I would say that they're perfect for each other. Yeah. Like, would you want to date Reynolds Woodcock? Reynolds Woodcock? Probably not. But, like, they work... I would say they work well together. Some people might yeah. think that they don't. But, like, <laughs> that sort of... And that's where I think the kink comes into it is because, mm-hmm. like, he... this When she... Po- he knows he's po- he's being poisoned when he eats that second egg. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so it's, like, consensual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why so much of the movie feels <clears throat> like, where are <clears throat> we going? Like, what is this? Is she going to kill him? Why Why kill him? Just leave That's him. That's just the joy I, of a gothic romance where you don't well, know yeah. if someone's going <laughs> to die. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I think that, like, the, the filmmaking really helps out in that uncertainty, too. Because, like, the whole thing is shot with that, like, haze. Like, the lighting, there's just kind of this, like, weird 
Well, from, yeah, I mean, like, people smoking. are smoking and everything, but there's just that, that, like, haze everywhere, so it all just kind of, like, feels like this weird fever dream, like, as you're watching it. <laughs> so, um, and, I mean, like, he, Reynolds literally has a fever dream <laughs> at a certain point in the movie, so that's always fun, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the whole time you're just, like, really just something just feels kind of off but like not in a like an upsetting or like creepy way just in like a very intriguing like this is weird and i definitely want to like i'm i'm along for the ride to see where this weirdness goes um again your mileage may vary i know the three of us are very on board with that so on board (laughs) yeah and i think that's like that's what's so charming is because they're all so stuck in their ways including alma like as soon as Alma's in this relationship, she's like, I'm, I like being dressed by him. I like watching his skill at play. I like being, like, measured by him. Like, it, it's a very romantic, like, exchange. Uh, and, like, Cyril's very stuck in her ways. Reynolds is, like, the most stuck in his ways. And that's what most of the movie is, is where you're like, oh, none of these characters are changing and none of them want to change. And the point is, like, none of them have to because, like, they will they will do what it takes to make each other fit into their lives. The fact that, like, they bring the baby at the end to Cyril to, like, babysit or just, like, be part of the baby's life is, like, yeah, they work. It's this, like, kind of perfect uh, uh, compromise between all three of them of, like, how do we do this uh as like a family and like a company because alma works at that company too uh but yeah i think vicky creeps's acting is just mind-blowing so many little looks like when she's getting measured at that first date or even like the questions that he has where she's he's like where's your mother so weird i have to say of everything in this movie some people think the poisoning part is weird the questions he asks about her mother are so Mm -hmm. weird to where i'm like and then he like takes her makeup (laughs) off and i'm like man if that was a first date i would be out the door i i i think it's weird every time i watch it but for whatever reason it like super hit me last night when i was rewatching yeah that I was just like, oh, this is a deeply upsetting first date. Like, it's like, yeah, the like, it starts off like very sweet. Like he, you know, like the, you get the shot of him like picking her up and like she's going to reach the door and he's like, no, 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 like I'm gonna get the door for you and it's like, oh, that's very nice. And they have that like meet cute in the restaurant earlier and so you're like, oh, this is very sweet. And then like they start talking at the at their date and it's like, oh. Oh no! Something has gone horribly and she's wrong. Uncomfortable. She's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. about it too. And I and think especially that's the only reason like, it works is because you're—it's her story, and we are looking at her, and we're like, "What yeah. the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. Her reactions of like, "What? What are you talking? Why are well, you asking about my mom?" Or he's like, "Do you have a picture of well, her?" Where's and your she's picture? Like, yeah, and he's like, "It's right it's here." Right and here. she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Why do you have a picture of your mom in your suit jacket? Like, what is happening? It just gets so much weirder. <laughs> just like, <laughs> God. And then when he's measuring and, like, it's kind of sexy the way, like, he's just kind of, like, showing her different outfits and just kind of, like, okay, try this on. And she's smiling and, and like, laughing. And then as soon as Cyril walks in and she's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> And just starts, like, helping with the measurements as it's, like, her inseam and her, like, 
bust size and her waist and she looks so visibly uncomfortable by like i hate this <laughs> and then when he's like uh, you have no breasts and she just reacts like what the fuck and she's like i'm sorry no, she and says like, i know oh, no, no. she's like i, I know, know. <laughs> <laughs> but her looks to cyril and like she kind of covers herself to be like okay this is like i don't feel comfortable you you looking at me in my in just my like under whatever that like garments a, what is that called under garment undergarments <laughs> yeah uh that all of her acting in that scene communicates so much of where she was like she was into it and now is like what is what is this dynamic what have you brought me to why are you doing this to me <laughs> um she so <clears throat> I think it's real. So she had been in a lot of. I I did not know this. I was just looking it up last night. She had been in a lot of movies, um, <clears throat> particularly international films. Um, but this was like the first like major thing that she had been in, um, or like at least her first major role. And the fact that she is able to go toe to toe with Daniel Day Lewis, who is like inarguably yeah. one of the greatest actors of all time. Mm-hmm. And, like, at no point does it feel like she's outmatched. Like, is mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Like, who is this woman? Yeah. Where did she come from? Why has she not been in everything? Where did she go? Where, where did she go? Like, Where did you come from, <laughs> Co- Crocodile Joe? <laughs> where did you come from? Um, but I think that's, to me, the Because, mo- like, obviously you expect Daniel Day-Lewis to give a great performance, and he does. Um, Leslie Manville is not like as much of a household name, but like she's been good in pretty much everything. So you're not like as surprised by her, but you're like, who is this random person I've never seen before that just comes in and just absolutely steals the show. Um, and it's, it's astounding every single time she's on screen. You're just like, yes, yes, this is it. This is, this is what I've I've been waiting for. (laughs) Yeah. Did I ever like, no, you go. No, you go, I Matt. I had nothing to say. Mine was really a tangent, was to so... <laughs> go on a tangent. Go on a tangent then, because I can figure out something to say then. I was just going to say, did I ever tell you guys that I, you won't be surprised, uh, was absolutely in love with Daniel Day-Lewis for a period of time? For a period of time. That has continued, I mean, yeah. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, less... The way you phrased it made it sound like it is no longer a thing, which we all know no, is not true. But I was like... a. Like, I was, like, 13. <laughs> was it Last of Mohicans that you were like, oh, hello? Uh, no, I did, I do, I did see that movie very young. I think I was, like, six. That's, that's the movie, uh, for all you so-and-sos out there, that I learned that people don't die when you shoot things. <laughs> when you film, mm. when people shoot guns in movies, because I asked my dad how many people died in this movie, <laughs> and then he told me. Uh, it's like, none. <laughs> But yeah, and then, uh, but I was like super obsessed with him when I was 13. And then now it's just like, what a handsome fella he is. As opposed to like cutting out pictures from IMDb and putting them in a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did think Along of with Daniel was... Day Radcliffe. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Day Radcliffe. Oh, nice. Daniel Day Radcliffe. Wow. I'm sure he would appreciate that fuck up. I Daniel don't know if Radcliffe. Else would. <laughs> Can you imagine it's Daniel Day-Lewis as an slip. older I'm Harry Potter? I'm right now. No. <laughs> so many dreams where the two of them were like just British as hell and coming on to you. What if, okay, here's a, here's a pitch though. What if they did uh, not like 
cursed child aged Harry Harry Potter, but like even older than that, like Grandpa Harry Potter, and it's Daniel Day Lewis as Harry Potter. Okay. What's the question? Like, yeah, what if they did that? Like, yeah. What if they just money? did that? I don't know what. What do you want from me? Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm much too old to be doing wizardry now. I mean. Uh, to be fair, I, so I lived in Dublin for a year, and there were multiple times where I considered going down to Wicklow and buying shoes from him. <laughs> I don't even think he, like, sells the shoes he makes. <laughs> also, but then I was like, I respect his privacy too much to do that. I might cut no, this part. <laughs> no. No, I think we should keep it. The people need to know. No, it makes me sound crazy. I did, no. well, I did think of you I just when I was support watching his it last art. night. No, no, you don't have to make excuses, girl. Yeah. It's fine. Now that he's not acting anymore, you have to support his shoemaking. Right. Um, also, um, we we oh wait, what you Colin? I was just go. gonna say I thought of Tierney last night when I was rewatching it because like the sequence of like the f- opening sequence, other than like the little Alma interlude oh, at yes. the very beginning, but it's just like Daniel Day Lewis just getting ready, and it's just so like beautifully shot and just like yes. the attention mm-hmm. to detail both from PTA and from Reynolds like it's just it's impeccable but yeah. the part that made me think of you specifically Tierney was when he was putting his socks on it's so satisfying I, like, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I was like oh my god Tierney's gotta just like lose her fucking shit at this part right here because like he's got like first of all socks Tierney loves socks. Second of all, he's just got those, like, really long, like, (laughs) gangly legs. Tierney loves that. And then he just, like, pulls them up, and they just slide up his leg perfectly, and then he folds them back down so they stay in place. And it's just, like, such a perfectly executed vision of this character that you just, like, like, it's it's hilarious, and it's fun when you think of, like, oh, Tierney would love this. But it also just, like, on a pure, like, storytelling character level you're just like oh i know exactly who this person is yeah right now like seconds into this movie with no dialogue having been spoken like i get it i get yeah. exactly his brushes who... yeah. him brushing his hair him like polishing his shoes all of it is so precise and meticulous and it just gives you such a perfect portrait like you said i'm so glad i was like oh i hope we talk about that oh, those opening shots because they really do immediately tell you who this person is uh yeah i'd like to make a shout out to all the people out there similar to myself who have leather footwear and don't like it to get tarnished especially in a chicago winter and you do that by making sure it's polished and putting a seal on it meanwhile i did this at our kitchen table when we lived together and I got ripped apart. <laughs> and it was called Leonard, called, Re- oh my god, I can't talk. Called Re- Reynolds Woodcock by the both of them. For taking care of my belongings. Yeah, you're Reynolds Woodcock, all right. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, good shoe care is important, but also, like, who does that? Like <laughs> I was gonna say, I think it was mostly just that, like I have a Matt brush. I, well, I, well, yeah, that, and I also think it was like <laughs> Matt and I definitely weren't like responsible enough, like responsible yeah. as like humans slash adults <laughs> to do something like that. Where it's like you were, and we were just like, I'm uncomfortable with this, so I'm gonna make fun of her for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Which is definitely also more like, an indictment on Matt and I than it is on you. So yeah, but also the only people I've ever seen polish their shoes is our old men. Old men, yep. yeah, or old men. And so it was like this is an old man thing. To be no fair, tw- no late twenties person does this. The only reason I know how is my dad used to pay us two dollars to polish all of his shoes, and so right. like we just be sitting in, in the basement for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and he was a marine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that that <clears throat> army uh meticulousness. Uh let's roll right into Reynolds. Uh let's talk about this character that we meet. And uh I think briefly we should mention before we talk about PTA in depth, uh I think after this, like PTA <laughs> asked Daniel Day Lewis, like, what do you what movie do you want to make? And Daniel Day Lewis was like, I think I want to be a, I think I want to learn how to like make dresses and PTA was like okay and then like wrote this movie for him like he was like Daniel Day-Lewis you're gonna be my the guide for this and like of course Daniel Day-Lewis was like I would like to learn how to make dresses and then this is what we got but like uh <laughs> the idea of that of like Daniel Day-Lewis is actually <clears throat> stitching and sewing and measuring and like putting the pin in his mouth and like all these little things that are exactly what a dressmaker of his caliber would do mm-hmm. is so satisfying to watch him do those things and to see that expert quality. And one of my favorite like images in the movie is just him measuring uh, the first woman that he makes the dress for with like the um, that like maroon one. Henrietta. Henrietta, yeah, and he like measures her and looks at the dress, and she's kind of looking at him, and you could tell there's a flirtation between the two of them of just this kind of like professional kind of coyness where both of them are like, oh, like we just love working with each other, and then he says like, well, let's take it for a walk, and then does Tierney gestured in the Zoom call, uh, but like sits down on that chair and just kind of unfurls his arm to be like, like walk that way. And does it in just this, like, playful, like, romantic way that you're just like, ugh, I I do get why people would want a dress from Reynolds Woodcock. Like, he just makes you feel so uh, seen and so, like, dressed in this finery. Uh, So, yeah, what a great moment for him just to be, like, end right this way. I also think um, in that same sequence you can see how how easily he's able to like switch because like when he first like when she first puts the dress on like the look on his face and everything he's doing is very much like i'm in like business mode right now and he's like doing Mm -hmm. like he's doing all these like little adjustments and like you know pulling the dress out a little bit and just kind of like making sure that it looks perfect and there's like no like sexual flirtatious like chemistry between them in that moment but literally seconds later is when you get that like all right well let's go do you know and it's just like he can switch mm-hmm. that on and off so quickly um it's just mesmerizing watching him do that throughout the movie uh yeah. also quick quick sidebar i don't under like you said earlier i don't like i don't get how people don't get that this is a comedy the main character's name is literally Reynolds yep. Woodcock. Like, come on. Like, it, yeah. it is telling you from jump that this movie is fucking hilarious because that name is so yeah. ridiculous and so funny that, like, if you can't appreciate how silly this is going to be from, from the get-go, then, like, 
just get off the train. Like we don't we, yeah. we don't want you here. There's more room for us. Like go away. <laughs> yeah, and like, is it Barbara Ann? Is Barbara Ann or Barbara, Barbara Rose? Ann, oh, Barbara Rose. Barbara Rose. <laughs> All everything with Barbara Rose is so oh, yeah. funny, and like how seriously they take the dress. And later, yeah, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Just stop it. Stop it. Shit. Just I'm just so, so ugly. Yeah. I just know you're working with so can. <laughs> But, like, the way that they storm up to that room and they're like, she's asleep in it. And he's like, take off the dress then. It's all so, it's like, she's asleep. This movie has so many moments. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, like, this movie is just moments like in Magnolia when Julianne Moore is screaming, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Fuck you. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, all these, like, so intense that it is uncomfortable and funny. And that's what this whole movie is. is that It's just so deeply uncomfortable that it's hilarious. And, like, when Alma screams at the assistant and is like, Shh, but we will not tell Barbara Rose how to live her life, but she is not allowed to act like that in a dress by the house of Woodcock. And, like, how seriously they're taking this dress and, like, the anger in the voice. It's like, yes, this is a comedy, obviously. Like, yelling house of Woodcock seriously is just too good. Uh, but, yeah, and then, Tina, you were going to say something before. Oh, I was just going to add one other thing about Daniel Day-Lewis and his performance as Reynolds Woodcock is that if there's one shot, um, actually I think there's a couple shots where they show him actually sewing, and it's usually when he's mm-hmm. sewing one of his little secrets inside his dress. <laughs> um, but if you look at his hands, they're all yes. like chewed up along the nail bed from needles, and that's something that you can't really, like, A, like if you don't know sewing, you wouldn't necessarily catch that. And then... Or just, like, understand how it works. I mean, you don't need to know sewing to get... But if you don't know, like, how it functions, you could easily miss it. It's something makeup can't do. And it's something, like, it just adds, like, a little detail where you're like, oh, this isn't even Daniel Day Radcliffe. This is Reynolds Woodcock. Yeah. And, like, and it's those details that make this whole movie just live. Like, I just want to live in the movie. It's so fully realized and it's details like that like the fingers or even like the type of cloth which like I love when she's like I just don't like the cloth and he's like and then Cyril's like well this cloth is loved by many of the House of Woodcock's customers um, (laughs) and uh, this is this is the right one so you're wrong and when he's like Cyril's like it's the right cloth because it's the right cloth Uh, it doesn't matter if it's beautiful but it's the right one like just the way they talk about, like, no, no, it's about the cloth. Which, like, I wish I watch. I feel like one day I'm going to binge all of Project One Runway because I genuinely feel satisfied watching that show. But that kind of stuff of, like, in the fashion world, it is about, <clears throat> like, is this the right cloth for what I want to do with this dress or this article? Like, it's not really about, like, oh, cotton's the softest, so, like, we should use cotton. It's like, no, I'm going to use this, like, weird, funky, patterned, kind of stiff material because it'll do this thing that I want it to do. What? And, like, it's those kind of things that are, like... What's your guys' cool. favorite fabric? 
Oh, interesting. I have no idea. Uh, uh, I mean, even cotton, stay. definitely. Because, like, I, I don't have I a... I like linen. I do like linen. I love I like linen. silk, though. Ooh, silk I love makes me silk. feel weird. Yeah. No, I, don't I know, love silk, silk is... because I, f- I feel infinite in it. I feel like a, like a billionaire. It's very constricting. <laughs> well, yeah. There's a fear of tearing it and staining it and wrinkling it. But... Uh, you know, if I were to wear a silk dress, oh baby. Would you wear you like silk pajamas? I hate pajamas, but I would wear like a silk robe for sure, and just be like drinking cognac and like looking out at the ocean. I would do that. Would 100%. you? Would you? See, buy I would do all of that of... in linen. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, would you buy a pair of silk pajamas and wear them around, but not actually sleep in them? Because, like, I assume yes. when you say you hate pajamas, you mean sleeping in pajamas, which I also Correct. don't enjoy. But, like, would you just, like, walk around in a pair of silk pajamas? Oh, yeah. Especially, like, at a lodge. Or, like, oh, like, everyone's, like, relaxed. I don't know. <laughs> also, Is that what people do at lodges? Yeah, know. definitely. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> and a silk smoking jacket, too. Yes. Um, did you guys think that the wedding dress was pretty? Because... I never have. I'm always like, what is this? I actually have a note on the wedding dress. I think it's, I generally agree with you, but I just feel like it. <laughs> just all, all the titties hanging out? Yes, thank you. Because yeah. It's a like, bizarre dress. Every single time I've seen it. Because, like, there's the setup to it where when he's, like, talking to her, like, what do you, what do you want for your wedding dress? She's like, I want it to be the most beautiful wedding dress. And then they, like, end up getting to the point where it's, like, the most beautiful wedding dress that's ever been made. And she's like, yes, that's what I want. And then when you actually see it for the first time, I was like, this? <laughs> this, yeah. look, like, first of all, like, it, it doesn't look bad, but it, I, I also like just, like, didn't, I didn't understand sticky. it. And it just, it looks mm-hmm. like the fabric just, like, goes up to the bottom of her tits. And then it's just, like, lace, like, see-through lace over that. And I was like, that's not a practical like wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, and that's a princess. She's a princess. Yeah. Uh, which also, that scene in particular, I wanted to bring up for the flirtation of mm. like, that flirtation is so thick where he's like, gold or silver? And she's like, silver. And he's like, good. And he's like, lace or, what was the other option? Like, lace or ribbon or like bow or something? And she's like, lace. And he's like, very good. Like, he has the right answers and he's waiting for her to say them and every time she says like the right answer he's like mm-hmm. that's why like we're gonna get along that's why i'm gonna give you the most beautiful dress because like you know the right answers for my questions do you think that he wanted those answers or he's just being a good businessman because when I think he, he sees he the dress he just says it's not very good and i'm like yeah it's not mm. <laughs> i think it might just be that he's you cut it about oh I think it's like he's and I think that's the fun dynamic is that like he gets upset when he doesn't think he's at top form and then blames other people for not being in top form. I mean, even like Barbara Rose, like he doesn't like making dresses for her because he's not in full control of the situation and doesn't feel like it's his best work. And like, I think that's why he starts to feel resentment towards Alma, because he's like, you're whatever you're bringing to this is messing up my perfection. And so it must be you. And that's why he just kind of cycles through all these people that he thinks are the cause of his issues, when in reality it's himself and he's getting too fast and he's getting too um, 
worked up in his own head about like what is perfection and it's not necessarily what he thinks at that time also doesn't exist mm, but doesn't it no it doesn't it doesn't uh, <laughs> Uh, except this movie is perfect. I was gonna uh, say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, the um, I, also, I remember early reviews just, for this were like, somebody was like, in the first ten minutes, like you know that you're in the hands of an expert or like a master filmmaker within the first five minutes of a movie, and that this movie does that where you're like, oh yeah, I'm about to watch something exquisite and like perfectly put together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, one other quick note on the the scene with the princess uh i just it's when so like alma is in the room when he's doing that like weird flirtation with the princess like trying to figure out what she mm-hmm. wants as a dress mm-hmm. and then the next scene is alma like basically just like pissing on marking her territory and she just like goes <laughs> up to the princess and just like has that really uncomfortable conversation with her and then which ends with alma saying i live here <laughs> just like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> almost just like, okay. I just needed you to know that this is my territory. Like, I saw you were doing that with him earlier, and that's fine. But, like, bitch, watch Step yourself. Step off. <laughs> Step off my man. My woodcock. Uh, yeah. I think, and I think those, that's what the most fun aspect of this movie is, is the back and forth of good graces and falling out of good graces back and forth and back and forth of like that breakfast is too loud but then she defends his work with Barbara Rose and like that really puts him uh like puts her at good standings or even like when she is at dinner with them and she looks over and she's like are you hungry and he's like what and she's like I'm wondering if you're hungry and he's like oh or like thirsty or whatever or like the question is so unrelated to what dinner is and he's just kind of like wait what oh oh you mean sex and then like (laughs) the shot of him speeding home as she's just looking directly at him as he's like get me home get me home is so funny and it's like it's constantly going back and forth between like she's doing exactly what he wants and then isn't and like the oh the fashion show scene where like he's getting everyone ready and super stressed out and then when she's going out to walk around, he puts his eye through the, like, keyhole to be like, how's it going? How does she look? Just to- and she just keeps looking at that wall to just keep be like, mm, this is all for you. I'm, like, posing for you. Do you like this? <laughs> that shot of him, like, just looking through, like, the little eye, eye glass thing, in- yeah. beautiful shot. Just incredible. I remember that was, like, one of the shots in the trailer, and I was like, oh, hello. Like, I, yeah. yeah, I would expect nothing less from PTA, but like, yes, good, give it to me. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis also yeah. has like very pretty eyes. Like, I feel like in yeah. movies, everyone has like brown or blue eyes, and it's either like like a rich brown or like a like ice blue. But he has like green eyes, and I feel like that's rarely seen in movies. I feel like you guys are gonna name like four people and just make and just negate what I said. <laughs> No, I can't think of. I can't. I mean, ones. I'm sure if I thought about it more than right now on the spot, I could come up with something. But, but no, yeah. everyone looks great in this movie, and also I think this looks different from other PTA movies. I yeah. can't name another one. It that looks, looks exactly looks like Boogie Nights. Like I don't know one. what the fuck. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. With all the bell bottoms. Uh, but, like, I think, like, all of his other ones are, like, very saturated. And this one's much more muted mm. um, than other ones. Even in a way where, like, Magnolia has a lot of, like, pale colors or, like, blacks and whites and grays. Um, and then sometimes there's, like, bright colors. But it always just kind of feels kind of, like, dull in a in a way that fits, like, the San Fernando Valley being the location. But, like, this one is muted in a way that makes it feel, like, crisp and clean and bright. And, like, it... And I think the thing that I think made everyone laugh in the music box when we saw it the first time was the fact that it looks and feels like just like a biopic mm-hmm. it feels like some oscar bait like good looking movie that's just kind of like a period piece that's just supposed to make you be like oh yeah it looks like a high-end bbc drama exactly yeah. until you get to the end and then you realize like that is artifice for what's really happening which is this like very character driven cat and mouse game between the two of them uh that is very coy and playful and silly. And I think that's the thing is like, it's a silly movie. There's a lot of silliness. Uh, I mean, even, I mean, I just feel like we we could quote a million lines from it of saying like, I can't start my day with a confrontation (laughs) is so funny to like, just be like, I'm not going to fight because I, I don't have time for that. (laughs) I'm too busy (laughs) to fight with you. Um, or saying stuff like, uh, when she brings the tea to Reynolds and he's like, I didn't ask for tea. And she's like, I know, I just thought it would be nice. And he's like, I didn't ask for this. And she's like, okay, I'm taking it away. And he's like, but I didn't ask for it. And she's like, and I'm leaving. And he's like, yes, but the interruption is staying right here with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so fussy. Or just the classic line at the end when he's like, nobody gives the Tinker's fucking curse or what this is. <laughs> About what whatever misses something's satisfaction. Mrs. Vaughn. That's her Mrs. name. Mrs. Vaughn's satisfaction. Like, just perfect lines of, like, are you a, absurdity. Are you a spy here sent to ruin my evening and perhaps <laughs> my entire life? My entire... With asparagus. When he's like, I'm just marveling at my... Courage. Courage. <laughs> eating the asparagus the way you've prepared it. <laughs> I love, I think uh, I my mean, favorite line from that, like, the, like, Secret Spy one is great, but when she's, like, all of your games and your walls and your poo-poo, <laughs> just, I <know>. yeah, <laughs> it's, like, so great. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Who are you? What have you, why have you come here? And, like, the way that fight escalates is also so real. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I remember watching that fight and uh, the fights in Blue Valentine, I think escalate and sound like a real fight where neither side really knows what they're going to say and it kind of they speak over each other and they're kind of like just going to keep digging their heels into their point and it just kind of just like hits a fever pitch where both of them are just like yelling at each other and he's just so frustrated oh god that surprise dinner scene is so good though when he gets home and he's like where is everyone and she's like, I've sent everyone home. And he's like, where's Siri? <laughs> and he's, she's like, I sent, I sent them home. And he's like, why? <laughs> what is happening? And then he's like, oh, this is your dress? And he like looks at it and he's like... Her dress, though, is like way better than some of the ones that he made. 
I agree. I agree. I think she's got a great eye. Yeah. Well, which now, what is the House of Woodcock? Maybe the continuation is that she's making. I think that's what the ending is. Yeah. Yeah. The Alma line. Yeah. Um, I. Yes, her dress looks great, and he comes in from wherever he's he was wearing like the coat and the shirt and the tie and everything. He looks all put together, and then. She tells him that she made him dinner, and he's like, I'm going to go take a bath. And then he comes down, (laughs) and she's still wearing this, like, very nice dress and has, like, the table set, and it's very romantic, or she's trying to make it be very romantic. And he's literally just wearing pajamas. (laughs) He just comes back down from the bath and is like... Oh yeah, I just I I didn't care enough to put to put myself together for this romantic <laughs> dinner you planned. <laughs> but also that pajama and ensemble looks really good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it looks very. He's classy. got like a cardigan over it too, just like ooh. I think he has a so cravat as well. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. <gasps> cravat. I thought uh, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think it's like. That's, I think, the scene where you, like, it's so awful. He treats her so badly in that scene of, like, all the things that she did to try to make a nice evening for him. And the way that he reacts in every part of it is so mean and so cruel that I think, like, if you're not in for that ending, it does just kind of come off as like, why is she staying with this asshole mm-hmm. who's so mean? And mm-hmm. like, and, but I think the reason it works so well is because she reacts like, what am I doing here? What am I, why yeah. am I with you? I like tried so much and this is how you're going to act about a dinner that I prepared for you. And like, all of the stuff she's saying is exactly right. Like, we are on Alma's side. And I think that's the difference, too, is that we never feel like she's submitting to his will. Mm-hmm. And it's always about, like, I recognize that you're a perfectionist and that you're going to make things hard for everyone around you because things have to be your way. But I know that and I will see that and beat it like i'm gonna do the one thing that nobody else is gonna do and i'm gonna fucking poison you with with mushrooms (laughs) that i pick and grind myself uh but like i think that idea is so different from what most movies do and that's why this stands out as this kind of like bold love story about like recognizing who your partner is and not trying to change those things about them but doing what they need you to do to like fit into their life in a in a weird twisted way uh but i think it works so well as like she doesn't feel it doesn't feel like she ever loses agency mm-hmm. she's very mm-hmm. much like aware that she's staying in this relationship <clears throat> and wants to be in the relationship but is going to make sure that it's satisfying for her as well and yeah i think like that up and down and the fact that like after the after he's sick, that's when he proposes to her. Like he has that vision of his mom and realizes, like, okay, maybe I should settle down. Uh, and that's not the end. If that was the end, that would be a fucking problem. If like she poisoned him and now he realizes, like, oh, now that I was sick, I think I want to marry you. If the movie ended there, that would be a problem. But it doesn't. Then they go on the honeymoon, 
and he realizes like oh no what have I done I don't know if this is what I want like she's not who I she's not a perfect fit for me like this is not exactly what I thought it would be and he's a perfectionist and then it keeps going Mm-hmm. And so he thinks that it needs to be a perfect fit. Yeah. Also, who is that friend that he talks to at the lodge who's just the worst oh, cautious character in the movie? <clears throat> she's garbage. Yeah, a she's, trash bag. She's just a real cunt. Yeah. The wor- <laughs> just like yeah. trying to incite like conflict. Yeah, she's like, oh, I guess that must be a tradition she from wherever she's from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is just and when she's like, she hasn't looked at you all evening when Alma just kept looking at him during the whole like yeah. last three minutes. Yeah, and she's, she's like, the oh, worst. I, my heart breaks for you, married to a child. Mm. Like, just and I think that character does a good job of reminding us what world he's in. That like Cyril is kind of like that. Cyril's in very many ways like that other character, but is always trying to do it for Reynolds' well-being and just trying to be like, I mean, why prolong things that are only going to make us uncomfortable? Like, I will help facilitate whatever you need. Whereas this woman is just like high society trash bag uh, with like very little redeeming qualities. And she makes him that remind like really self conscious though because there's yeah, like yeah. there's the judgment coming f- from him marrying her and then there's also the part where she's basically like she's gonna leave you for the doctor and mm-hmm. so when she goes to the New Year's Eve party that he invited her to like he's like I've lost her she's gone mm-hmm. and it's really sad <laughs> even though yeah. he's a bit of a dick. The... Also, that New Year's Eve party makes it a perfect movie for this time of year, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, since we're in the beginning of the year. Um, I did yeah. watch this. I went over to my sister's house for New Year's Eve and just, like, hung out with her and my brother-in-law. And then when they went to bed, I was like, okay, well, I'm not really that tired. I should put something on. And Phantom Thread was the movie that I put on. So I didn't watch the whole movie mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve slash technically New Year's Day. Um, but I did watch a little bit of it, and I was like, God, this movie's so good. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm glad that it's we're just, doing this for our pod, so I was able to actually finish watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just a gorgeous film, top to bottom. And we haven't even talked about the score, which I think yes. is one of my favorite scores of any movie in the last, like, yeah. decade, maybe ever. I, like, listened to The most recent time, I just listened to it straight through. I was driving around, like, the really dark hills in Portland where like I was the only car on the road and it was just like pitch black and this music was just a perfect backdrop for that and it's like equally haunting and beautiful and romantic and uh like disconcerting and it's Johnny Greenwood you know of Radiohead that's where yeah, yeah of Radiohead and like who did the music for um There Will Be Blood and he did, did he do another he did one? the master yeah. and inherent vice so that he's worked with PTA yeah. four times and is he Incredible. doing the score I assume he's doing the score for PTA's next one I don't Maybe see not. I don't see why he wouldn't at this point <laughs> yeah just a phenomenal <clears throat> score that like every moment it comes on it just it's perfect and like it's so luxurious and exquisite and it fits the movie perfectly. I can't get enough of the score. I have it saved as like a Spotify playlist so that I could just listen to it. And I'll sometimes just listen to it while studying. 
or not studying. I'm not in college. <laughs> I was like, wait, when what? I'm working, <laughs> when I'm working with, for money, uh, uh, I'm literally doing my job. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just the perfect background music. But it's also more than just ambient ambient noise. It's like, I it's there's an uh, edge. To I it. love it so much. It's yeah, so good. And I listened to it again today when I was at work doing my job, and I was like, yeah. This is great. I loved it last night when I watched the movie. Still awesome when I'm like fully di- like divorced from the movie and just sitting here listening to this. It's beautiful. I love that score so much. Um, mm-hmm. And along the same lines, I noticed last night that when Reynolds goes to the New Year's Eve party, um, the score doesn't cut out. Like the score is still there, and mm-hmm. the music from the New Year's Eve party is overlaid. And so, like, you get these weird moments where it's, like, it's mostly party, but you can just kind of hear, like, this haunting Johnny Greenwood score in the background. And it's this, like, really, like, disconcerting, like, audio mess that, I don't know, like, it was just a really bizarre choice. Um, and, it like, I loved it. I, I, I didn't, I hadn't picked up on that before, but I was just like, oh, I'm glad that this score is still here. Because, like, the score is so important to like Reynolds making the, like the choice to go get her in that moment mm-hmm. that I'm glad that they were like, okay, even though we're at a party and like traditional logic would say, we'll drop the score and you just hear the noise of the party. I love that. They were just like, no, let's keep this rolling because like, why not? <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting also, to rewatch and see how often the score cuts out in general. Cause I feel like it's on most of the time. Probably, yeah. yeah. It fills the movie. And it's a long score, too. Like, when you listen to the soundtrack. It like, it's like an hour, which is... Yeah, it's a, a lot of music, is yeah. which is great. hour of just Johnny Greenwood stuff? Because then there's also classical music in there as well. Yeah, I mean, like, the, okay. the Johnny Greenwood score is an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say probably most of the movie is scored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I love a good long score. Um, also, another part about that... Uh, New Year's Eve party is when she decides that she's going to leave anyway, even though he's not feeling like going out. And as she walks away, he just peeks out to be like, where's she going? <laughs> like, another great comedic moment of just like, is she really going to leave? And like, watching the door close and being like, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Two things. Yeah. One, uh, he does it twice, which I, yeah. I remember the, the one, but I, last night I caught that he does it a second time. Like, he, he like, he was like, oh, shit, she and actually went. <laughs> no, wait. No, she did go. Um, so that's great that he does it twice. It's funny both times. Uh, second of all, since people who are listening to this can't see, when Matt mentioned that, literally all three of us did it. Like, we all, like, moved our heads and, like, poked as if we were, like, popping our heads around something, even though we're all just on a Zoom call. So. <laughs> Ugh, it's such a funny little moment. Uh, yeah, and I think that kind of leads us to the finale, Mm -hmm. which is that scene of eating the omelet that she's prepared with the mushrooms. Well, it's not even that. Like, it's everything leading up to that, right? Like, they're sitting at their, like, country house, and he's just, like, sketching, and she's just in the kitchen, and they're, like, they're both kind of doing their own thing, but they're doing this weird... They're stationary, but they're they're doing this weird like circling of each other, <laughs> like uh-huh. like how far can we push this? Like I'm gonna let's see let's see how far this can go, and 
like it leads up to the entire time where like she then puts the omelet in front of him and then he sits there and stares at it and then he slowly cuts a piece of it and then he puts it in his mouth and then he starts chewing. It's just like everything yeah. is so drawn out. <laughs> and just, just like... making full eye contact the <laughs> yeah. entire time as he like kind of moves the fork with the piece of omelet to be like, here we go. Yeah, like, are I'm going to put this in my like, mouth. Are you going to stop me? Am I going to do this? Let's like, what's going to yeah. happen? <laughs> and the idea that like, we don't see him realize, like we don't see the moment of realization when he figures out like, She's poisoning. Oh, I think me, we do. And it's... Oh, do we? I think watching it this time, you see it because she, he, she take he, she what? Oh my God! He watches her take the book off the shelf, and as she's chopping it up, he looks down at the book, and he gets the, like a little tiny smirk, and he's like, hold, like as a like, oh, she's been poisoning me, and then he's kind of like, is she? And then he's kind of thinking about it. He's like, "Cause the last time she was poisoned, I poisoned. <laughs> she poisoned me as well." And then I think by the time he sits down at the table, he knows that's poisonous omelet, and he's like, "Gonna eat it." But I think he finds yeah. out right there when she takes the so book down. That was gonna be and one of my what... questions to you guys: was like, when does he realize it? Because I I agree with you, Matt. Up until last night, I don't think that he had realized it until like, basically, like right at the very end. But and I think yeah, you're right. And I feel I like he, I did catch that last night, where it's like, no, I think he caught on to it a little earlier than I initially assumed. And I think that he was like <clears throat> that, like dance at the very end, where they are just like, oh, like you here, I'm gonna give you plenty of opportunities to stop me, and she's like, I'm not gonna fucking stop you. Like you eat yeah. that shit. <laughs> like and the fact yeah. that he and I she think... cooks it with butter too. You watch him be like. Fucking kidding me! <laughs> like, not only are you gonna poison me, but now you're doing it with butter. Because he, he does the thing where he almost is like he's covering his nose, where he's just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, which I think that was maybe because I definitely think he knows what's gonna happen in that kitchen. Like by the time that they're in that kitchen, mm-hmm. he knows that she's doing something, and like that poison is in that food. And I guess my original thought was that maybe he doesn't know if it's like poison to like kill him in the way of like have I annoyed you enough where now you're, are you really gonna like try to kill me or if it was just like oh you're like slowly poisoning me little by little and I think maybe it is what you're thinking of just like he's onto the game of it and that's why he makes it so playful when he's like okay and I ate the bite and, and does that little point with the fork to be like and you made this food like all of that for her to finally be like, I want you flat on your back, like sick, weak, like all of the, like just that description. And she, I think that's the beauty of it too, is that prior to that, like, like I said, if it ended on the marriage, then it would have been like, well, he doesn't know what's going on. But the fact that she tells him everything when she reveals like, yes, I poisoned your omelet. And I'm going to keep poisoning your omelet. Like, this is how it's going to work. And then for that perfect line of, kiss me, my girl, before I'm sick. (laughs) Wail, like, just an uproar of laughter in the theater of people being like, what the fuck is this movie? But it's so 
deliciously romantic and like outrageous but he's into it and everything following that which is really only the resolution of the movie it's just like a montage of them in this world now that they've built of like she's gonna poison him and he's gonna feel ill and be very cozy and uh submissive to her and like a little boy just like he keeps having visions of his mother of like somebody who took care of him and loved him and now he's just applying that to her. Oh, that's upsetting. Of like, I, well, I mean, that's what he hints at when he's asking about her, her mother. Yeah. But like the idea of being babied. I always that omit he like that from my memory. Misses this. <laughs> yeah. That he misses being babied and taken care of. And that's what Alma's willing to do and wants to do is like, I want you to be a baby. To like not be on your own two feet. And like, and he's I, like, I can't remember right. exactly how she phrases it, but like, at the end, she says something to the effect of, like, with only me to take care of you. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, like, to your point, where, like, she's the only one who can, like, see that, okay, it's time. It's it's time for one of your, you know, routine poisonings. Like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a surprise every time that he won't really know when it's coming because he'll be too fixated on his perfectionism. But she'll be like, okay. <laughs> Time for an omelet. <laughs> I love the the sequence where, like, right after he says that line, and they kiss, and it's very sweet and romantic, and then, like, it just cuts to them just, like, in the bathroom, and he's just, like, hunched <laughs> over, like, a bowl as if he's, like, about to throw up. But they're still being, like, really cutesy and, like, lovey-dovey with each other, and then he's just like, I think you may need to leave the room. <laughs> and yeah. He's like, and you should probably close the door. <laughs> And there's paper and even being, all over the floor. Newspaper yeah. everywhere. It's so And even funny. being like, maybe you should call the doctor. And she's like, do you think it's that bad? And he's like, oh, no, just like to be safe. Maybe you should call the doctor. <laughs> and that even on my like each subsequent viewing, I realize it's not because he's like worried about his health, but it's part of the game. Yeah. It's part of amplifying this role play. Of, like, I'm so sick. I'm so sick. I don't know what it could be. I'm so sick. And that's what makes that little kiss when he's getting checked on by the doctor. And then and he gives the little yeah, kiss to Alma. Yeah, when he just, like, looks like, at her and... <laughs> yeah, this is part of it. Like, this is part of the game, too, is, like, we know what's we know what's making me sick, but this dumb doctor doesn't. Like, all of it is so juicy and so adorable. I think it's, like, an incredibly charming movie, uh from start to finish and like all of the little like perfectionism isn't that different from I feel like how normal perfectionist people are like he's got his ways about him and he gets like he's very type A and like very uh stuck in his ways and I think that's like a normal behavior in somebody uh that people would date and so like I don't think he's some sort of monster that's like oh why would this like awful person be like this romantic figure i think it's like this is what a lot of like very successful professionals probably are and alma just happens to be the only one with enough gumption to be like and uh i will sort that out we will not have that be the only way you are uh so yeah that last scene is just uh outrageously good i love that and that really does i think like unlock the movie you need that light that last acknowledgement that this is the way the relationship will continue going to make everything prior to that 
like make total sense from the first meeting from him giving her this insane order and being like i'm gonna keep the the list of of order items and her being like okay well i'm gonna bring out everything just as you ordered it and him being like would you like to come over for dinner and her already having written out a little note for the hungry back boy to him, like for the hungry boy <laughs> like it wasn't like she now is like, okay, I guess if I'm going to go out with you, like, I'll write this on a note. She already had it written. She already knew what she was going to do. And that, like, every moment then of that cat and mouse of back and forth of each other pushing each other's buttons becomes so playful now that they know what they're doing. Now that they know how not to hurt the other person, even though it may push people, like, push their comfort levels Uh it's kink. It's it's about safe words and like what knowing what the other be? person needs. Mommy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on to the categories. <laughs> I, I just have yeah, like yeah. a couple other quick things. Okay. Um, so, one uh, shout out to. Uh, everybody's favorite, and by everybody I mean mostly Tierney, but we all like the the Gleason family. We get a we get a Gleason, uh, we get a Brian Gleason in here. It's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> I usually text Tierney whenever uh, Brian Gleason pops up, but I can't like she I can't say because like his name is spelled like Brian, so I pronounce it like Brian, but that doesn't get conveyed over text. So now that we're actually doing an audio version, I needed to okay. get a few. Get a few Brian's in there yeah. just to piss here off. It's, pr- <laughs> it's actually pronounced Brienne. It's working. <laughs> it's actually pronounced Brienne. <laughs> what's her of Gleason? What's Brienne uh, of Tarth. Tarth? That's it. I couldn't remember. Um, yeah. Also, just a couple other lines that we haven't already discussed that I just thought were really funny. Um, why don't you fuck off back to where you came from? Which is <laughs> just, just like a really like clever way of saying that. Like, and then and so mean, it's so mean. So mean. <laughs> um, the first time Reynolds is poisoned, and um, Cyril is like, "We're gonna call the doctor," and Alma's like, "No, we're not." And Cyril just does it anyway, and the doctor comes, and Alma's like trying to fight it, and then they get up to the room, <laughs> and. <laughs> and Reynolds tells him to fuck off and Alma's just like I think this is clear hmm? he wants you to fuck off <laughs> that's probably my favorite <laughs> it's so funny I laughed for, like I had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard and I was like <laughs> just good the, like her line delivery that line itself so beautiful yeah and then just like oh. we, we talked briefly about like just the filmmaking but i think one thing i noticed tonight or last night is so much of this movie is close-ups um and like they're long like lingering takes and um there's like the inserts are just like people's hands like very close shots of people's hands like sewing things or like buttering toast or whatever and like it just it pulls you into the movie and it just like makes everything so much more intimate that mm-hmm. I think it, like, fits the overall mood of, like, a romance. Um, and, like, a deeply disturbed and fucked up romance, but a romance nonetheless. And so yeah. I think uh, 
I think all PTA movies, like, are, you can appreciate them more on repeat viewings. But for me, at least me personally, this one is the one that's grown the most as I've watched it more. Like, I like every single one of his movies. I don't love Inherent Vice, but, like, I can at least appreciate what he's doing with it. (laughs) Sorry, Tierney. Um, But, like, I like all of his movies, and I like, I continue to like them as I watch them more, and I generally like them more and more. But this is one where I was like, we, we left the theater, and I was like, this is great. Like, this is definitely, like, top tier PTA and now I'm to the point where like it might be my favorite PTA like I'm not quite ready to go that far but like it's I could see a very near future where I watch this movie a couple more times and it's like oh no this is PTA's masterpiece which I would never have thought could I was a thing I could say after I saw there will be blood but here we are this movie is just so fucking good yeah I do think this might be my favorite now after each subsequent viewing I'm like I don't know if any other one does as much in this amount of time and does it as precisely uh, in such a surprising and beautiful way. Like, it's just the most gorgeous movie to watch. Yeah. Where, like, There Will Be Blood is an ugly movie in content. Like, it just makes you feel very tense and, like, nervous and disgusted. But it's excellent. Like, it's a beautifully made movie. Uh, but this one is, like, a delightful movie to watch. And like I said, I just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh the whole movie. <laughs> Everything is so funny to me. Um, so I think it has become my favorite PTA. A director who I think is my favorite director, and every movie that I see of his uh, gives me something new. But I think this one does it, like, and does it in a way where I'm like, I could watch this on an endless loop and be satisfied every time. Um, on that note, before we get to the categories, one last thing that's not related to this movie, but uh, some news that just came out like out like an hour before we started recording. Biden said that as of right now, we're on track for basically <clears throat> the entire country to be vaccinated by July or by the end of July, uh, which is dope. And we'll see if that happens. But all of that is to say, uh, PTA has a new movie coming out this year, which will probably come out at the end of the year. And if we're all vaccinated, we can go see it in theaters, which is where Hooray. all PTA movies should be seen, <laughs> at least the first time. Correct. Uh, Correct. So hopefully that, that pans out because, dear God, <laughs> dear God, do I miss going to movies, but mm-hmm. like getting a new PTA movie in a theater for the first time, like after basically an entire year of not going to a theater... Year and a half. What a wonderful blessing. Ago. Yeah, what a wonderful yeah. blessing for all of us. Um, God bless. Anyway, categories. Uh, <clears throat> I think for tattoos, I mean, it would have to be some sort of clothing, right? Or, and or, 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 or like so a many mushroom things. or an omelet or, <laughs> or yeah. just the words for the hungry boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or or, or never cursed. Never cursed. Yeah. yeah, never cursed. I think would be cool. Yeah, and um, like, and you could even do that same font, like the cursive yeah. font. Um, yeah. I think what the would, Phantom Thread logo is also it's beautiful, uh, spectacular. Like it's the, a beautiful. I had I had logo. the movie on pause last night because I was like going to fill up my water bottle, and I just paused on like the, the Phantom Thread title. 
I was like, this is just gorgeous. Like, just yeah. the typography of this is just beautiful. And, like, the way that, like, it all kind of, like, loops around and comes back together. And, like, the it just, oh, great, great yeah. stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think one thing I wish, and there, there's probably some on there, but, like, some of his, like, dress, like, sketches of the dresses. Like, you get to see, like, little they were in the, inserts. They were in the 70 millimeter book that we got. Oh, the shit. Yeah, that's right. Which I still have, uh, and that thing is great. I think like, I have cool. that somewhere, actually, now that you mention it. I forgot yeah. about that. I, I recently found my What can uh, I say hateful except you're welcome? Oh, bless you. Um, would you guys spend time on this film set? Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I would spend my life there. I, I would move say, into this movie. I want to just live in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I think the tension of, like, a, a bunch of perfectionists would be like hard to be around but that's the world of the movie the actual set itself i think would be would have been incredibly fun and funny well, i was and, gonna like, say the, the deleted scene of them having the food fight when he's arguing with cyril and the, she like pours like the jam on his head and he like tosses the toast at her like that doesn't happen on a set that's like tense like this explosion of like fun when they're filming this, like, very, like, everyone has to be very put together, uh, I think is, like, evidence that this would be incredibly fun to work on. Well, and it's just everybody brings their A-plus game to the movie that, like, you yeah. have to know that they're all in on the joke, right? Like, they all know what, like, they all know what they're making, so I think they all know that they can have fun with it because it, <clears throat> it is inherently a fun movie, like, it, right. it might not be presented as such, and I can see why some people wouldn't necessarily vibe on this frequency, but, like, as we've mentioned, it's really funny, and it's really silly, and it's really dark in, like, a weird but interesting way, and so, like, all of them would definitely be in on that joke, and they would all know, like, this is what we're doing, so I think that they would all be, like, really fun with it, and I, I mean, yeah. I would I be think, on any PTA set, but... I think I read that, uh, in addition to those things, uh, it would be excruciatingly hot and very cramped because of that house like i heard in an interview that uh paul thomas anderson was like uh he hopes that the reason daniel day lewis retired was not because of (laughs) conditions (laughs) of filming phantom (laughs) bread yeah the last time they did a movie together it was just a sprawling desert of california (laughs) this one it's like nope you're just gonna be stuck in this kind of small london house (laughs) yeah um uh i think we would all watch this movie on an airplane and or have watched this movie on an airplane yeah Yeah, i will um all right let's talk oscars as we are wont to do here Um, literally should have been nominated for everything and so, yeah, we'll see. So, it was nominated for six things. I remember, like, on on nomination day, I remember both being, like, surprised that it was nominated for as many things as it was, and also disappointed that it wasn't nominated for more things. Because, like, it's, yeah. it is a weird movie, and it just, like, on the one hand, it does feel like an Oscar bait type movie, and PTA is definitely, like he gets the respect from the film Why community. Why wouldn't it be so nominated like, for things like cinematography, though? <clears throat> like, well, that, that, uh, like, the content of the movie doesn't matter if it's uh, editing or, like, right, uh, costumes. I know, like, 
you're right. In theory, that shouldn't matter, but also the Oscars are weird and dumb and do dumb things. So, like, that's yeah, why, that's like, I wouldn't have shocked me if this movie wasn't nominated for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But, um, so it was nominated for six things. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress for Leslie Manville, Original Score, and Costume Design. Should it have only been production won. Production Design and Vicky Creeps as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think that cinematography probably should have been thrown in there. Like, writing? This movie could was, have easily been. Didn't you say writing? No. Oh. Interesting. I think I just felt I, that in my head. It should have been. I mean, this movie definitely yeah. could have been one of those movies where it gets nominated for 10 plus things, uh-huh. and it just didn't, which is, again, on the one hand, I was shocked it got the six that it got, but it, I also like felt like it should have gotten more. Um, yeah. Here's the best picture. So this is the year that Shape of Water won, which, like, whatever, <sighs> that movie's cute. It is not the best movie of the year, but it's, it's fine. No. Like, Guillermo del Toro, he's dope. Also, like... If you would ask anyone, would Shape of Water or Phantom Thread compare to each other win Best Picture? Oh, yeah. No one would have said Shape of Water ever. Right. Well, so Crazy. here are the other Talk nominees that year. Weird romances. One is much weirder than the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So other nominees that year for Best Picture. Call Me By Your Name. Darkest Hour, which, like, whatever, get out of here. Dunkirk. Yeah. Get oh, Out. Yeah. Ladybird, Phantom mm. Thread, and then The Post and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The post. Like, five <laughs> of those nine movies, eh, maybe not five, but, like, at least four of those movies are, like, all-timers. Yeah. And we fucking gave it to Shape of Water. <laughs> what, so what, insane. What are we doing? <laughs> like, so outrageous. Um... Best actress. That was the year Frances McDormand won, or one of the. Um, and everyone so like, I don't think Vicky, what an underwriter was. Yeah, I don't think Vicky Crepes would have won. No, but like I, she could have been nominated. Yeah. Because the other nominees that year were uh, Sally Hawkins in Shape of Water, Margot Robbie for I Tanya, Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep for The Post. Like, get Meryl out of here. Like, I yeah, forgot Margot Robbie was nominated. I Tanya's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, this movie wasn't nominated for best writing, which is weird. Yeah. Um, original screenplay, Get Out, The Big Sick, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Shape of Water doesn't need... Yeah. (laughs) It's like a fine sci-fi movie. It's like a good sci-fi movie, but it's like, how? It's so weird. I'm looking at it now, like, Shape of Water cleaned up that year, because it won best original score, too. Which, like, Dunkirk wow. and Phantom Thread, either one of those should have won God. over Shape of Water. Yeah. So, I can't, rem- I can't remember a single sting from any of the Shape of Water. Sting. I don't remember any of that score. Yeah. Um, Shape of Water won Best Production Design. Blade Runner 24. So, Deacon's got his first for uh, cinematography. So, that's dope. But also, like, Darkest Hour. We didn't need you to be nominated for best cinematography. Like we could have gotten some, gotten this in here. So yeah, just like, what a weird, weird fucking Oscars year. Yeah. That like so many, I was, I think you and I talked about this. I was pretty on the record being like mostly disappointed by 2017 as a movie year. But I think like the, 
the cream of the crop of 2017 was very, very, very good. Creamy. Yikes. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, then fucking Shape of Water. What a what a joke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's. Uh, I will say that's one, sh- that's one final threat. thing. Yes. Uh, I feel like I, th- I think we I don't, can't remember if we mentioned this when we were recording last week or not, but I think it is appropriate that Paul Thomas Anderson was the first three-time uh, director that we've covered uh, on this podcast. Oh wow, like that, that feels right. Yeah. So it sure does. Good job by us. Look at us. Um, yeah, and that also us. means there's like six more of his movies that we can cover <laughs> at some point or another. So. <laughs> Uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Uh, I'll go quickly. Uh, I watched Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmed. Uh, he's nominated for Golden Globe for it. Um, Was, you, Sound you of Metal? Because you watched it no, a while ago. Oh. But I never talked about it on this podcast, so mm, thanks for ruining mm-hmm. the magic, idiot. Uh, I, Shit, sorry. <laughs> Uh, no, I watched that movie a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was very good. Uh, I know you were less keen on it. Um, but I think it's like, it was an incredibly, uh, another movie that the detail was very, uh, rich. There was a lot of like specifics and I thought his performance was very believable and, um, impactful of just like how devastating, uh, that kind of revelation, that kind of like change in your life would be. Um, so I love that. Finished Industry, uh, the HBO show, uh, eight episodes, very tense and very uh like enjoyable like lots of twists and like fun surprises um so industry is really good i watched my favorite shapes the julio torres um comedy special which the day that we're recording this is happens to be his birthday uh so happy birthday you did the song the last week yeah uh and yeah, I rewatched that uh, last night, oh. and it was just as funny as ever. I was going to say, um, we watched that together. You're just putting in stuff from our break. <laughs> I think I watched it four times, at least three times now. <laughs> I might have watched it four times. Um, what other things have I watched? Um, that might be it. So I'll pass the, the talk box to someone else. The top um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can go. Sure. Um, I watched Interstellar. Oh, uh, fuck yes. Again. Um, I'd say it's still probably not my favorite of his movies. Oh. Uh, Heartbreaking. But I just don't always like space. Um, <laughs> sure. But as far as space movies go, it's pretty good. Um, what else have I done? I watched a couple episodes of Search Party. I finished season one. Um, I feel like I watched something else, but I can't remember. Um, I finished, oh my god, what a complete Ashling. Um, Oh, nice. And then, I'm almost done, um. So I finished that and started reading Panin by Vladimir Nabokov, which is uh, one of my favorite books. Um, I haven't read it in like, I read it, I first read it like a year and a half ago, 
and I thought it was brilliant, and so I'm rereading it. Um, I'm excited about that. And then I also, I'm almost done reading uh, White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, I believe is her last oh, name. Oh, nice. Um, that's, nice. That's been on my nightstand for months. <laughs> it's good. I haven't opened it up yet. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, would recommend for uh, white people, 100%. Sure. Yeah, it feels um, right. <laughs> I feel like it, it among with among it along with other books should be compulsory in the same way if we have to have like a vaccination card you should have to have a literature card nice yeah that's vote for vote for me (laughs) (laughs) so that will make it compulsory yeah um world would probably be a better place so (laughs) And you need to do a bit more than reading, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> being like a step in the right direction. Yeah. What have you been um, up to? So after we got done recording last week, I watched the Obvious Child's short film, which is not very good. So I'm glad that we watched the movie instead, which is very good. (laughs) Um, And then I watched Sound of Music, rewatched Sound of Music, um, because Christopher Plummer passed away. What's that like? Christopher Plummer dying? No, the Sound of Music. (laughs) It's sad? I don't know what you want me to say. (laughs) Uh, The Sound of Music... I, uh, I have not seen this movie in probably 20 years, at least. It was one yeah. of my mom's favorite movies, so I watched it, a, not a bunch, but, like, it was on somewhat regularly when I was growing up, and then I just haven't seen it since then. Uh, the first act of this, of I feel like it suffers from a lot of, like, traditional musical problems, where, like, the first act rules, and the second act is not as good. It rules. And, <laughs> yes. First act rules, the second act drools. The first act of this movie is really good. The songs are great. Everything's a banger. Julie Andrews is fucking bae. Uh, Christopher Plummer is a beautiful human being. Um, And then the second act is just kind of boring, and most of the songs are just (laughs) reprises. And, like, the plot feels really rushed. But they escape the Nazis at the end, so that's good. You know? And there's, like, an iconic shot uh, that was, like, uh, gift and made the rounds um, when Christopher Plummer died and it's just like him in this movie literally ripping a Nazi flag in half and I was like yeah that's the energy we need in the, in, in the world <laughs> it's just like destroying Nazi shit so that that was good but yeah um, and then I've been doing like a fun project where I've been watching movie trilogies every weekend so I'll like watch one movie on a Friday, one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday. And this weekend's was Back to the Future. And oh, that first cool. movie is so fucking good. And it is like a pretty steep decline after that. <laughs> <laughs> the second and third one are significantly less good. I mean, they're still fun, but they're just like... They're like a definite uh, step down in quality. But And then the only other thing I've been up to is I've been watching WandaVision, which rules. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's very weird um and i don't really know where it's going I, there's like a lot of potential areas it can go matt you're the comic boy in this triad not me but yeah 
I'm excited to see where it does go because right now it's just like a very bizarre, fun 30 minutes of my weekend. So Yeah, my, my only fear is that it's not going to go far enough and do something really bold, but it seems like maybe it will. We'll see. But I'm afraid it's just going to be kind of like a Marvel movie where it's like, you know, a resolution that's like, oh, good, okay. Do yeah. you remember when they brought want, everyone like, back from the dead? Uh-huh. The worst thing Marvel's ever done? I was like, oh, they finally <laughs> killed some people. And I was like, well, that's I mean, really turning the narrative on its head. Like, you think, oh, these heroes are always going to live, and they finally, like, they died. And I was like, wow. And then they were like, well, we're going to bring them all back to life in the most complicated way possible. Uh, two things. One, they didn't bring everybody back. Some people died. Because their content two, is up. Well, probably. But two, mm-hmm. uh, just, like, more broadly speaking, <laughs> welcome to comic book storytelling yeah, <laughs> like pe- exactly. people never die in comic books like even if they Batman's die they just, died a yeah, times. they just bring them back two years later with a different writer and they're like ah oh, new batman so like i get where you're coming from but also like part and parcel with what you're getting yourself into when you watch a marvel property so yes mm. but yeah wandavision has been fun let's see if they introduce mutants if they introduce mutants i will come <laughs> All right, I'm finished.